2 Corinthians chapter number 12. If you found it and you're able to, let's stand together for the reading of the Word of God. 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, we're going to begin reading in verse number 7, read down through just five verses down through verse number 11. Here's what the Apostle Paul said, verse 7, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. Can I read that again? My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. I am become a fool and glorian. Ye have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended of you, for in nothing am I behind the very chiefest apostles, though I be nothing. I'm thankful where the Bible says that my grace is sufficient for thee. And at the end of verse number 9 where he says that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I'm going to have a word of prayer and then I'm going to preach on this subject this morning, the strength of grace. The strength of grace. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for encouraging our hearts and preparing them through the singing this morning. And Lord, I'm thankful for all that you've done this week through the outreach of our church. And Lord, I'm thankful to be able to gather together. Thankful for those that are able to live stream this morning. And Lord, join us over the internet. Lord, I'm thankful, Lord, that the Word of God can be opened. And Lord, I do pray through the next few moments, Lord, that you would encourage our hearts and our lives. Lord, challenge us, strengthen us according to your mercy and grace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. You may be seated. Before I get too far into the message, I would like to say that it is an answer to prayer for what has taken place this week with the Supreme Court ruling, and I am thankful for that. Now, this does not, um, by any means, change anything in New Hampshire. What this does is just take it from a federal level down to a state level. And so, which I believe where most things ought to be anyway. But I do believe that we need to make sure we're doing our job here in New Hampshire and uh, for the protection of life. But I've been burdened over the past couple days, and you may say why, <laughs> but I've been burdened the past couple days because I know that there will be babies born as a result of what's taking place this week, and I'm thankful for that. But I said it sure would be a shame for those babies to be born and grow up and never hear about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it just renewed the burden on my heart 
to make sure that we are preaching Jesus to every person that we come in contact with, young or old, make sure that they hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that renewed my burden uh, fresh and anew over the past few days of making sure that they have the opportunity to hear the greatest message that's ever been told, and that's the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so let's be faithful proclaiming. As we come over here to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning, I was amazed as I came back to my Bible and my notes that I, I did not have any previous notes written out of this passage of Scripture, which means I have not preached from this passage of Scripture for several years. But yet it's some of the most popular verses in the Scripture that I quote on a regular basis and many here may quote on a regular basis. Well, we know that God's grace is sufficient to be able to see us through. And that is a true statement, is it not? And we're thankful for that. We're thankful for God's grace upon our lives. If it was not for His grace, imagine where we would be today. And that's why we have a song in our songbook called Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And as I came back to this passage of Scripture afresh and anew, as the Apostle Paul is really giving us some insight into his heart and life, giving us some insight not just into his physical life that we'll look at here, but also his spiritual life and his prayer life, but also we have it recorded that he prayed for something three times and he did not get what he prayed for. In fact, God gave him a different answer. And so we see this in this passage of Scripture and I'm thankful that God gives us this insight and rolls back these curtains of privacy into Paul's life that Paul was writing to the church here at Corinth. And I want to share a few thoughts as we look down through here about the grace of God because we know and, and uh, some people may be just starting into some things that are, are difficult in their life and they need to be encouraged this morning that the grace of God is sufficient to be able to get them through this. And we've made mention this week about people that pass away, people that we know that we'll see up there in heaven, and I'm thankful for it. And it's the, the grace of God that be able, is able to get us through some things that maybe this world does not have that. And the same things that the grace of God gets us through may devastate someone that's out here in this world that does not have the grace of God. Every one of us have seen the grace of God evident in our lives and in the lives of others. I specifically think back, we had a, a couple that was in our, my dad's church up in Maine, and they sat over here about where Willie and Bree are sitting this morning, about that far back, and uh, every service, he'd sit there, and every service, he would fall asleep, and she's elbowing him through the entire service, and, uh, and so Dick Ramsey was his name, and he's getting elbowed by his wife the entire time. I'm sure that he had a bruise about six inches round. He's falling asleep every service. And uh, tragedy hit their household one day, and we pulled up to their house. We'd gotten word. I was riding with my dad that day, and the fire department was there and everything. Their house had caught on fire, and, uh, and so his wife and her parents all perished in that fire um, on that day. 
Well, Dick Ramsey, every time he would get up and he would get up and sing specials just like what Peter did, he, he, he would get up in our church in Maine and he'd sing a special and, and bless his heart. Anybody know what I mean by that? Bless his heart. That's a southern term, okay? Um, he, he would never be able to get up and sing a special without messing up two or three or four of the lines in it. And every time he'd get up singing from his heart, and I praise the Lord for it, and he'd mess up lines on it, and he'd apologize and look over at my mom playing the piano and say, okay, let's do that over, and he'd go back into singing. It was just one of those things. He'd just always get up there. He decided he was going to sing for his wife's funeral as we got there that day. And can I say this? He got up behind that pulpit, and his wife was there laying in the casket, And he got up and sang and never skipped one word. I mean, never, never mixed up a couple of the phrases on it. And you could just tell, you say, what do you attribute that to? I attribute it to the grace of God being evident in his life. And we could just see the grace of God be able to carry someone through some of the most devastating times of their life. And listen, some could give testimony here this morning of how the grace of God is evident in lives to be able to carry you through on a daily basis, to be able to make it through the other side. Well, here we approach it with the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Paul has one of these moments which is an extended timeline in his life that he is saying that I needed the grace of God, and God said my grace is sufficient for you. You see, what we have here, what's been given to the Apostle Paul, he says there was given me in verse 7, a thorn in the flesh... Now, you'll hear this, and and this terminology is used today, that, boy, they're just a thorn in my flesh. I mean, I don't know, a thorn in my side. I don't know if you've ever said that before, but it actually has its biblical origins here. And Paul's saying that there was given to him a thorn in the flesh, and the Bible says, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. Now, you think about this, and there's many that have speculated about what this was in the Apostle Paul's life. What could it have been? Some say that it it very possibly may have been bad eyesight. Okay, and uh, because in other places it says that I've, I've, I've written such a large letter unto you, maybe that he was writing largely uh, for them to be able to read it, but yet the terminology and the wording that is here carries more of a, a meaning of a person in his life. When he says a, a messenger of Satan to buffet him. You know what that buffet is? It's just that constant hitting. Just constant coming after. Yeah, I'm not going to ask. And listen, do not start thinking about someone in your life right now and saying, yeah, that describes that person. Okay? And and that, they've been given to me just to be able to buffet me. They're just a thorn in my side, in my flesh. And uh, this was in Paul's life. The Bible says here, and we'll get into the prayer in just a little while, but he was actually praying for that to be removed. I want to share a few things as we look at whatever situation it may be in our lives that we may be praying over, but yet God would come back to us and be able to say, my grace is sufficient for thee. In all of this, God is trying to reveal the strength of His grace in the life of the Apostle Paul. 
Now, first of all, I want you to see here that the strength of the grace of God was for protection from pride in his life. You say protection from pride. This is the Apostle Paul that we're speaking of here. Do you understand that we're given insight here in verse number 7? He says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. You say, what do you mean is he, is he speaking of there? I believe Paul's saying, I would have a tendency to get prideful in my life. And unless I get exalted, because listen, God's revealing some things to me. And God's allowing the Apostle Paul, God was using the Apostle Paul in a tremendous way. God was revealing things to him. He had just told about it here in the first six verses about some things that were revealed to him. And Paul said, lest I be exalted above measure, God put this in my life. To be able to protect from pride. I'm not going to ask how many here would have an issue with pride. Some would be so prideful that they'd put their hand up and know they would. Every one of us, if we're not careful, listen, every one of us can be exalted in pride if the Apostle Paul is saying, I have a tendency and God has put this in my life, lest I be exalted above measure. He was understanding the protection that God was given in his life. Sometimes we look at things and say, God, why do I have this in my life? And God's saying, hey, that's just for your own protection. That's just, hey, I'm watching out for you and my grace will be sufficient. Does that mean that everything that takes place in our life is going to be easy to be able to go through? No, absolutely not. When the Apostle Paul is describing things as a thorn in the flesh, you knew that it was doing something to him. You knew that it was painful. You knew that it was attacking him. You knew the things that he was going through, but yet God was saying, listen, this is just there right now to be able to keep you from getting prideful because of how God's using you. And I thought in our hearts and lives, I wonder how many things we may have. Or Have you ever noticed, and, and please do not put your hand up and don't look over at your spouse during this. You ever found out that God will put people in your life exactly what you need to keep you humble or to keep you sweet or to keep your attitude right? I mean, it's just amazing how God does that. And I'm thinking, why in the world is this person in my life and God saying they're there to be able to help you in this area? Because we may not even think about things. We may not actually spend time contemplating and saying, listen, we can just go and go and go. And God's saying, "Um, okay, I'm, I'm taking care of this right here and this is to help you. It may not be pride in your life. It might be compassion. You see, sometimes we get so so hard and so callous towards people that maybe God will put some people in our lives be able to soften us up a little bit and to be able to show some compassion towards people. I found out a lot of times that as I'm trying to help someone out, God's just trying to reveal some things in my life and I actually get more benefit from that than what they do because God's revealed some things to me. And Paul's saying here, he said, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh so that I don't get exalted above measure because of the abundance of revelations that I'm being given. Of everything that God's using me to do. So let me realize this 
and understand it in your life and in my life, not everything that you perceive to be bad and perceive to be persecution in your life is necessarily that. Maybe it's the hand of God trying to help you grow. And we understand that the ultimate purpose of this is for us to be conformed to the image of Christ and for us to live like Christ and look like Christ in our lives. Protection from pride or pride to be kept in check. But second of all, I want you to see this. And I said we'd mention this, verse number 8, we see the prayer for removal. How many of us have ever prayed for something, for God to take it out of our lives? If this was a person, a messenger of Satan, how many of us have ever prayed for someone to be removed out of? Don't raise your hand and don't look at your spouse. Don't be praying for your spouse to be removed out of your life. They are a completer for you. God saw all of your deficiencies and saw all of my deficiencies. That's why every one of us men right now say amen to that we married up. There you go. There you go. We all married up, okay? Because listen, I realize, you know, without my completer and she's downstairs, she's not listening to this, so I'm not just trying to get brownie points right now. I've been told I don't know how many times someone come up alongside and say, you know, your wife sure makes you look good. And I said, yes, both in ministry and physically. I mean, opposites attract. You understand that, right? We all married outside of our league. I'm not talking about our spouse. But sometimes there's just those that God puts and we go to praying and we start saying, God, would you remove them out of my life? And do you understand that Paul said that he prayed for this three times? He didn't just pray once and say, thy will be done. He didn't get the answer he wanted and went back and prayed again. And still didn't get the answer he wanted and went back and prayed a third time. And then God said, My grace is sufficient for you. It was not removed. Can I remind us that sometimes in our lives, God does allow things to be there because the presence of that is actually causing more of a benefit than what it is causing hurt in our lives. And there's sometimes we have situations and what God is desiring to take place is even right here, you know what it did? Got Paul to pray. He said, I prayed thrice that it might depart from me. God, would you remove this out of my life? God, my life would be a whole lot better if such and such or so and so was not in my life. But no matter what I do, I just can't seem to shake them. I can't seem to get rid of it. Now listen, we're not talking about sin that's in your life. Well, I prayed and God didn't take away this sin, so I'm just going to hold on to it. I had a, a man tell me one time, and when I say don't pray, it, this isn't talking about your spouse. I had a man tell me one time, he said, I felt God was calling me to preach and wanting me to get into the ministry. He said, I came back and talked to my wife about it, and my wife said, well, over my dead body, we're not going into the ministry. We're not going to be the servants of the Lord like that. And he said, I just went to praying, and my wife came in, served me with divorce papers. And I said, well, thank the Lord. I guess he opened the door for me to go minister for him. 
I'm like, I, I, I don't think that's exactly what's being talked about in the Bible, okay? I said, I don't think that's what's supposed to take place. I said, that's not it. He went on, did what he was doing. I said, I'm, I'm hitting the road. I'm going on down through. Paul prayed about it. And you understand there's sometimes God will say no to us in our prayers. And God will say it's more beneficial for that to be there. Be able to keep you humble because of the purpose that God has for us. Now, we're not talking about sin in our lives. This is not talking about ungodliness in Paul's life. There was just something or someone in Paul's life that God allowed to be there just to be able to help keep him humble. God told him, my grace is sufficient. Now, you know as well as I do, because every one of you right now are thinking, it could be this in my life, it could be that person in my life. And every one of us are thinking, but what we ought to come back to and say, hey, God, your grace is sufficient. Your grace is sufficient. And I want you to see this, and I want to spend a little time on this, the provision for enduring. The provision, number three here, what was put in Paul's life, allowed in Paul's life, what was left in Paul's life, that it might depart from me. He said, verse number 9, My grace is sufficient for thee. Look at this. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now, can I remind us on who is speaking in this first phrase that we're listening to right here? For my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. That is the Lord that is speaking to Paul, saying, my grace and my strength. It's not our strength. You see, what was needed in Paul's life was understanding, because he said, lest I be exalted above measure, what was needed in Paul's life was to realize that it is God's grace and God's strength, and Paul was admitting right here, in this area, I'm weak. But what we are conditioned to today is we never desire to be able to show any signs of weakness. But can I remind us, as Paul revealed the area of his life that he was weak, it was then that the Lord can say that the Lord's strength is made perfect in weakness. That as Paul stayed before the Lord, understand and listen what has taken place in his life. God, I need the strength of your grace to be able to continue on. Hey, there may be some times what's taking place in your life, you don't even want to roll over and put your feet on the floor first thing in the morning. You may not even want to get up and walk out there and to continue on with the duties of the day. And I want to encourage us today that, listen, in the strength of His grace, His strength is made perfect in our weakness. When we acknowledge, when we understand hey, listen, I can't do this without you. I can't do it in my own strength. I can't do it of my own volition. I can't even will it to be done. What the Lord is saying, because we realize this is in our lives, and every one of us can go back and identify weaknesses that are in our lives, and it's during that time, listen, let's take them to the Lord and say, Lord, in this area I'm weak. And the Lord is saying, my strength is made perfect in weakness. 
I've thought how many times, listen, we could, we could trace this throughout the Scriptures. I'm reminded, listen, get over in John chapter 15, where the Bible says, for without me, ye can do nothing. You know what that's acknowledging? Hey, I'm weak, he's strong. Without him, listen, we can't. I thought about it this week. Listen, there was a lot of endurance that had to take place. As you're down there, we were down at market days. Boy, it was great yesterday afternoon. The sun went behind those, um, those buildings on the capital side of Main Street. Boy, it was wonderful. It was feeling good underneath the tent. The sun wasn't beating in there. But then, boy, about 6 o'clock, it passed that building right there and got towards the capital and shining right in that corner. Boy, it got warm down there. It seemed like every time, and I'll just admit this personally, that I was thinking, man, this, what's the, I mean, it's so hot out here. What's going on? Boy, God would send someone by. Boy, someone walked up to me last night. I was standing there doing something at the table, and someone walked up, and someone else might have heard that statement. He walked up. He said, is this the living water that you have? And I grabbed my Bible. I said, it's not on the table, but I said, it is right here. And I said, yes, we do have the living water. And there a Christian gave me their salvation testimony, don't live around this area or anything. But I thought, listen, how encouraging that is. And I said, it's during times of our weakness that the Lord just comes alongside and says, you know, there's strength in my grace. And that you're able to continue on. We could all give personal testimonies of how it is to be able to wake up in the morning. Listen, you, you know you're going through some times. You, you know it's down. And you know, listen, I don't know if I can go for another day. But you know what you have to do? You just, you just lean into His grace. Lean into His grace. You say, why is that? Because He desires for us to cast all of our care upon Him. He does desire to be that strength in our weakness when we say, God, I can't do this. God, I can't go another day. I can't deal with this person. I can't deal with this relationship. I can't face one more moment about this. And God says, why don't you lean into my grace? A little bit harder than what you're doing right now. That road that you're about to go down and you say, I don't know how that's going to be possible. Lean into his grace a little bit. Lean into His grace a whole lot. You say, well, you're just advocating for us to be weak Christians. Hey, if us being weak Christians causes us to depend upon His grace even more than what we're doing now, then I say I want to be a weak Christian and depend upon the grace of God. Because it's when we get to the point of saying, hey, I've got this whole thing figured out. I can get up in the morning. I know what I'm supposed to do. Boy, if there's ever one thing, and these pastors that are around here, Brother Jackson, Brother Shepherd, that pastored for years, if there's one thing we probably figured out over the years, they probably figured it out earlier, is being a pastor is you think you got everything figured out, wake up every morning and realize you don't have it figured out. And lean into His grace a little bit more. God, by Your grace, that's what we'll do. God, by your grace. Now, God, I'm not sure how this is going to go, but God, you've said to do it. Hey, let's get going. I found out this week. And I, I know it, it's, just, it's just us. It's just us. I looked down through. I asked Caleb. I said, get me a picture of what's out there on the, on the schedule out there. I said, there's no one scheduled till 2 o'clock. <laughs> no one scheduled till 4 o'clock. No one scheduled. 
here's what I found out. It's just us. We just don't sign up for things. That, that, that tent was completely staffed the entire time and God brought people in. I mean, it's just the truth. I'm thinking, hey, I told Matthew and Hannah Frank, they said, we can take two slots. I said, I need you on Saturday, 12 to 2. I said, nobody signed up. I said, Ben and I, I said, I talked with him. I said, he'll be down with me there in the morning. Can I say this? By the time Kevin Moore was down there, and, and by the time, and then Tim Kessler came in there, I said, we had four or five down there to start off. Nobody was signed up on Saturday morning. I said, you know what God's trying to teach me? I've got this. It's, it's going to be okay. And then I'm thinking, okay, for Matthew and Hannah Frank being down there from 12 to 2, they might be by themselves, so I'll stay around there. I turn around and hear Stephen Deb Worrell came in with them, be able to come. And I said, oh, I'll take care of that. Good. I can go make this visit. I can get up to the prison. I can go preach up there. I said, we can go do it. And I just found out, listen, it's in our weakness that we're just admitting and leaning on the Lord saying, God, I need you a whole lot more than what I'm realizing right now. And God, I sure need your power because, listen, there's times you wake up in the morning week. There's times that you're going through your day and through your week and through your life and your circumstances. And you're saying, God, I'm awfully weak and this has taken place. And God, why won't you remove this out of my life? And God's saying, because I'm trying to show you the strength of my grace to be able to get you through it. How many have ever heard that statement that God's not going to put more on us than what we can handle? That's a great statement. I don't find it listed in the Bible, just to be honest with you. He does say He won't allow us to be tempted above that which we are able. And I know that His strength, His grace is sufficient to be able to get us through. And I know God's not going to overwhelm me, but here's my problem. It's not always God that I think overwhelms me, but it might be me. (laughs) And God didn't say, go ahead and load your wagon. But God's saying, my strength is sufficient to be able to get you through this. My strength is made perfect in weakness. The provision for enduring. But then look at the end of verse number 9. You talk about a... This is so foreign to us as Christians as we read down through here. The end of verse number 9. Because the Lord said His grace is sufficient, here was Paul's response. He said, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And I thought, when's the last time we gave God the glory? Now, you understand that infirmities, that word is dealing with afflictions, It's dealing with things that really are beyond our control that are in our lives most of the time. And I find this out that, and I'm trying being as gracious as I can, most times we glory in the infirmities and tell everybody what's wrong with us instead of saying the grace of God in my life is allowing me on. Most of the time we glory in everything else instead of glorying in the grace of God. And he's saying, I'm so desiring that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Okay, how do you make it through? Boy, if I was going through that, I wouldn't even be able to stand up. It's the grace of God. But most of us, instead of standing up and going forward, when we're going through these infirmities, we lay off to the side 
and we don't give God the glory, but yet we glory what we're doing. And I'm saying, Lord, when's the last time may the power of Christ rest upon us and be able to show this world that's around us? I'm not minimizing a thing that anybody goes through, but I just believe that God has designed us to be able to give Him the honor and the glory for everything that takes place in our lives. You say, Pastor, I don't understand it. I don't either. But yet God's grace is sufficient to be able to get you through. So glory in that which God is placed in your life that the power of Christ may rest upon us. I say, Lord, would you allow us to? And then let me me show you this finally today. We see a word here in verse number 10, and it's this word, pleasure. Now, can I say in the context of this scripture, I, I don't think in my mind that the word pleasure would actually fit in this context. So if God has allowed something in Paul's life, you say, Pastor, is there a mistake? No, it's 100% right. But I'm thinking in my mindset, I'm thinking, I I haven't seen anything pleasurable about what Paul's saying. Hey, there's a thorn in the flesh. You see this messenger of Satan that's been allowed to buffet me and God has said no to the prayer three times to be able to get that removed. But he said, my grace is sufficient. And he said in verse 10, therefore... Because of what Christ has told him, because of God's grace being sufficient, therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses. And I want you to see the pleasure for his will for Christ's sake. For Christ's sake. The pleasure of His will. And that is why we have some things in our lives. And God is saying, I'm desiring to show the strength of my grace in your life. Now listen, can I go on record to say this? I'm not the Apostle Paul. And you're not either. And you probably would think I I was off my rocker. If something happened, I mean tragic in my life, and I came in and said, man, I just rejoice and praise God for it. That wasn't Paul's response the first time this happened. The first time it happened, listen, he prayed and said, God, would you remove it? Second time it happened, God, would you remove it? Third time it happened, God, would you remove it? I believe finally he said, God, what are you trying to teach me in this? God, what, are you, what am I supposed to learn through all of this? And God said, I, I want you to understand that my grace is being revealed in you. And Paul said, if it's going to be the grace of God revealed in my life, he said, that is far more important than anything I may think I'm going through. Now listen, that didn't minimize what was in his life right then. That was real. And guess what? What's in your life, what's in my life, that's real. That's real. But can I tell you what else is real? The grace of God. And Paul came to the point. Now understand, this is the Apostle Paul. I mean, super Christian 101. I mean, this this is super Christian. The Apostle Paul that God's using. And he came to the point of saying, listen, I'll take pleasure in my infirmities. You know why? Because of the grace of God in my life. God, when these things are here, 
I get to experience your grace. I thought that is so contrary to our human understanding today, isn't it? We want to say, God, it's your grace to be able to remove all of this. And what Paul is saying is, listen, don't remove it now. I'm going to take pleasure in it for the grace of God to be revealed in my life. I thought, Lord, if you'd allow us to, to be able to understand and to be able to get to that point that all of this is for Christ's sake. It's to be able to reveal Christ. It's to be able to show Him, show others what Christ is doing in our hearts and lives and being able to exalt Him. The purpose of His will. Are we willing to say, listen, I'm going through this, I'm seeing this, this is being done, but Lord, I don't understand the purpose But if it's for your grace to be shown to those that are around us, the strength of His grace will not only be revealed to those that are around us, but it will be revealed in us and we can understand the grace of God a little bit more. You say, Pastor, I just don't understand this passage of Scripture. Guess what? I don't understand how Paul could get to the point of saying, I take pleasure in it. You mean you take pleasure in things going wrong in your life as long as it's revealing the grace of God? As long as this, you mean a, a, a messenger of Satan to buffet? Now, that's not a buffet, okay? <laughs> that's to buffet. That means to, 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 to just have that dog. It's like that continual dripping. How many ever heard that in your kitchen? Just that ping, ping. And it's just hitting on the bottom of the sink and you're like, where's that coming from? Or that cricket that you just can't find. It's just irritating or when the lights are off and the mosquitoes flying around. It's just one of those things. And that's what was sent to Paul. Just, just constantly, just there. Just there. I'll close with this. I've told about this lady before. There was a, she's in heaven today. There was a lady named Dolores Long down in Cleveland, Tennessee. She was a pastor's wife from up in Kingsport, Tennessee area. Her her and her husband became missionaries with the Rock of Ages. Back before her, their only daughter was born, she came down with rheumatoid arthritis. And for the next over 50 years, dealt with that on a daily basis. You say, I understand completely what she's going through. Well, no one here is in a wheelchair this morning. It completely ate away both elbow joints, knee joints, hip joints, everything. She wasn't a moment in her life that she wasn't in pain, sitting there in her chair and she'd have her Bible and she'd pray and I'd hear her husband tell the accounts of listening to his wife sit there in the chair and be able to pray. And never one time did I walk in that house and she start complaining. Never once. Now, well, she must have been having a good day. No, I saw her at some of her worst. But here's what she said. She said, God's allowed me to be able to sit here in this chair. And she showed me her prayer list that she'd go down through there and she's just spending time with the Lord. She'd be able to correct all the discipleship lessons for the Rock of Ages that literally has tens of thousands that have been sent around this world and they're involved in discipleship, mailing it back and forth. She would sit there in that recliner and that would keep her mind busy as she's proofreading every one of those books that's been written to be able to go through that discipleship. And she said this, and I believe it was a picture of 
She said, we've prayed and prayed and prayed. Her husband said, we've prayed and prayed, but for some reason, this is what God's allowed in the life. But he said this, he said, God's told us His grace is sufficient. I thought, Lord, if you'd allow us to get to the point, I don't want it to take that. But I said, Lord, what we go through, if we'd understand the strength of your grace to be able to get us through day after day. For some, get ready to quit just after a long day at work. Some people get ready to throw in the towel when they just had a bad week and they say, okay, I'm done with the Lord. He didn't answer this prayer this week. What God may be trying to do is just reveal His grace in your life and the strength of His grace for you to be able to continue on. I will say there's no greater grace than what the Lord has bestowed upon us for the matter of salvation and saving our souls. You see, He saved our souls when we could not save ourselves just to be able to reveal His grace to mankind and say you can't save yourself, your good works, your church membership, whatever you have in your life, that can't save you for all of eternity and extends His grace to us just to be able to save us for all of eternity. And boy, I'm thankful today and I've just had this on my heart about the grace of God. And how the strength of His grace, you know what will help you get up and going in the morning? The grace of God. And maybe begin giving Him the glory for His grace in your life to be able to continue on, to be able to take that other step, to be able to go that other day. Maybe if you're here today and you've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, can I say this? Appeal to the grace of God that He'll bestow upon you to be able to be saved today. But may we cherish and rejoice at the grace of God being made manifest in our lives.